In a company that has been working and succeeding for more than a century, change doesn't always seem necessary. And even for newer brands, when you find a winning formula, when you have revenue coming in, and when consumers have grown to trust you, why even bother to do anything differently? We start asking these customers, do you know all you need to know about UPS or are they still evolving? All we know them, they're brown and ground. We don't need to know anything else about them. It turns out they didn't know the, a lot of these, a lot of these customers didn't know we had an air service. A lot of these customers didn't know we had an international service. So they had a, a mental model of us that was static based on those trust, reliability, integrity. Well, is UPS a company on its way up? Are they commercially innovative? Are they entrepreneurial? Are they agile? Are they cool? We didn't score well on that. As a matter of fact, we scored poorly versus our competitors. And then you start getting to ESG sort of things, which we added uh, to our overall brand relevance. And we didn't score as well there. So although we had overall strong brand on those momentum kind of futuristic things, things that uh, millennials care more about, things that diverse customers sets care more about, we scored lower. And they viewed us as old and stodgy. Old and stodgy. Not the look we were going for. That's Kevin Warren, the chief marketing officer of UPS. And as he tells it, UPS had done an amazing job for 100 years building a company into a wild success. The problem was that if something didn't change, the next 100 years were very much in jeopardy. Customer expectations were changing. The younger generation was moving on. And if UPS was going to deliver for the future, it was going to need to embrace a new outlook, some new strategies, and it was going to need some swagger. I'm Jeremy Bergeron, and this is Business X Factors. Each and every week, we'll take a look at the secret sauce that takes companies to the highest levels of success and uncover how they got there. We'll explore how these organizations are run, what's special about the people, culture, and processes that make it all happen. What is technology for? Our friends at Highland believe technology is for transforming the way you work, for delivering complete information when and where you need it so you can be more agile, more empowered, more connected through each interaction and in every relationship. Highland believes in technology thoughtfully designed to create better customer experiences. Highland is your X factor for better performance. Go to highland.com forward slash insights to learn more. That's H-Y-L-A-N-D.com slash insights. Prior to 2017, UPS had never made an outside hire for an executive role. Kevin Warren was the second one ever, and he was the first brought into UPS without any industry experience. But just because Kevin had never worked in the shipping industry didn't mean he didn't have a lot to bring to the table. Kevin cut his teeth at Xerox, where he spent more than 30 years rising from intern 
all the way to the role of president of the commercial business group for Xerox Services. People don't stay at companies for 30 years anymore. And even Kevin was surprised that his journey turned into what it was. But when you find something good, you stick with it, right? Xerox in the 80s and 90s, and even a good part of the 2000s, was an amazing place to be. The culture was work hard, play hard, and remember the order. It was uh, young, diverse, both gender and ethnicity. It was a meritocracy. So you literally had stacked rankings on performance, and you got paid on that, and you got promoted on that. And you get recognized. The top performers grew up kind of in a sales culture. You'd make uh, this thing called Presence Club, which is a trip that would take you to the fanciest hotel and an amazing destination, whether it was Hawaii or Italy or what have you. Just five, six star. The people were just like creative and driven. I met my wife there, the best man at my wedding is still there, a a godfather of one of my sons I worked for there. So it was just an incredible culture and the people, it was dynamic. I fell in love with the company because I wasn't planning on staying there. I was just going to do an internship and then go to Wall Street and I just couldn't leave. (laughs) It was amazing. Look, in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s, paper was a big business. Dunder Mifflin was probably in its heyday. But big business means big competition. And Xerox experienced plenty of threats to its market share. The Japanese entered the market in the 1980s, similar to what they did in the auto industry. And they started with the low, low price. We kind of would laugh, kind of cheap products. And next thing you know, they were getting better and better. And they were able to sell the products for better products for less money than it was costing us to make. And Xerox had to really go through a transformation and focus on quality and had multiple competitors. Every transformation needs a leader. And who do you think Xerox called to steer the ship? I I established a reputation of being able to to take over poor performing operations and turn them around. And that kind of drove me, you know, and I, I built a formula of building together really good teams and setting high expectations and then delivering. Kevin did well. And during his tenure in various executive roles from 2010 through 2014, Xerox earned around 20 billion in revenue every year. But the world was changing. And by 2016, revenue had fallen to just above 10 billion. The world was moving away from paper and into the digital world. Xerox was slow to change, and everyone was moving on without them, including Kevin. After spending so many years at Xerox, that was something I obviously gave a lot of thought to as to where I wanted to go. And it was either going to, I was looking at really two paths. One was to run my own company, that would be kind of a smaller company, or to go to a larger company that's on a bigger scale and to impact change there. But then this opportunity for UPS came up. And I saw a terrific company and a great industry. So the industry was really important. Having come from Xerox, people don't copy and print anymore as much as they used to. Trying to drive revenue growth in an industry that's shrinking is very different than being in an industry that's growing. So it was a great industry, terrific brand, good values, 
the scale was $80 billion. It'll be 90, you know, plus this year. And a great market headquarters in Atlanta, terrific city. It had a diverse executive leadership team. So there were a lot of attractive attributes that UPS brought to the table that I thought would be a good fit. As attractive as it was, Kevin still had his reservations. After all, UPS had a long history of internal promotions. So why were they looking externally to fill a role as vital as chief marketing officer? Normally when there are openings inside of corporations and they source from outside, that means there's, there's a reason, that there's a lot of work to do. There's a heavy mm-hmm. lift. Coming into this company, it was a huge challenge. Being the second executive ever from outside the company, coming into this 100, now it'll be 114 years old with a strong culture of promote from inside was huge. And then also I was the first one coming from outside of the industry. And so learning the industry, learning the company, the culture, the scale, they didn't talk like me, they didn't dress like me, they didn't think like me, that, that was a challenge. Learning the business and transferring his experience over to UPS was something Kevin knew that he could do. Heck, that part would be a cakewalk. What was actually motivating him was something entirely different. He wanted to instill in UPS something that was definitely missing. Marketing wasn't really viewed as a destination point inside of UPS. It was like, okay, it was an additional cost or it was just pricing. And if there was a tough quarter, that'd be the first place they go to cut. And it wasn't like attracting our best people or we were sending you know, our best people or people were knocking down the door saying they wanted to come work at UPS marketing. So, you know, breathing life and some swagger um, into marketing, I saw was a major challenge where we were going to transform it from being something that was overhead to a value driver for the company. A seat at the table that absolutely drives value. And that was really my main mandate. And I was committed to making sure we did that. So here's the deal. I spent a little bit of time getting to know Kevin, and this guy is dripping with swagger. Seriously, a cool dude. Now, if you asked me about UPS prior to talking to Kevin, I'm not sure I would say the same thing. But the thing is, UPS actually has a really impressive track record of innovation. Founded in 1907 in a basement in Seattle, UPS actually started as a bicycle messenger service delivering telegraphs. From those humble beginnings, UPS has sprung into the business titan it is today. And over the years, it has developed a reputation within the industry for consistently being at the cutting edge. Whether it was being the first package delivery service to serve every address in the continental US, or starting the fastest growing airline in FAA history, or leading the largest IPO of the century in 1999, UPS has repeatedly stood as a shining star in the industry. The problem? None of this creativity, out-of-the-box thinking, or industry prowess made it to the customer's doorstep. What consumers saw was very different. The company has a fantastic brand. As a matter of fact, when I came on board in 2018, we were ranked number 27 as far as global brands in the world. 
So I started from an area of strength. And what people love about UPS and still do, man, we can trust you. You guys are reliable. You have integrity. Brown and ground. What can Brown do for you? They love the driver, right? The driver is part of the extended family. So those brand attributes, they are not easy to get. There's a lot of high-flying technology companies that would die to have that level of trust and integrity brand attributes. So we check the box there on that. We call that consideration. So we, we didn't score as high as on momentum. So we start asking these customers, do you know all you need to know about UPS or are they still evolving? All we know them, they're brown and ground. We don't need to know anything else about them. It turns out they didn't know that a lot of these, a lot of these customers didn't know we had an air service. A lot of these customers didn't know we had an international service. So they had a, a mental model of us that was static based on those trust, reliability, integrity. Then you ask some questions. Is UPS a company on its way up? Is, are they commercially innovative? Are they entrepreneurial? Are they agile? Are they cool? We didn't score well on that. We, as a matter of fact, we scored poorly versus our competitors. And then you start getting to ESG sort of things, which we added uh, to our overall brand relevance. And we didn't score as well there. So although we had overall strong brand on those momentum kind of futuristic things that uh, millennials care more about, things that diverse customer sets care more about, we scored lower. We did a ton of interviews. We got direct voice of the customer. And they viewed us as old and stodgy, old and stodgy, not the look we were going for. So we needed (laughs) to keep all this trust, reliability, integrity but add some cool in the mix there so that as this e-commerce becomes and the industry is changing more dynamically, they say, okay, we can trust UPS. But we also know they're on the way up. What kind of role does the right marketing strategy play into that transformation from the quiet giant to this well-recognized phenom around the world? It takes the lead role. That's the role of marketing. Now, having said that, it can't do it in a, in a vacuum. You have to build coalitions inside the company. You have to be able to show successes. You have to be able to demonstrate voice of the customer feedback and how you're addressing it and then show the results and then scale it. And then you get the rest of the company on board, which is exactly what we had to do. After we did all these interviews with these SMB customers and they told us, you guys are quiet, We see you as old and stodgy. We haven't heard from you. You're not as relevant to us. We kind of went through this exercise of picture us and several of our other competitors, I won't mention their names, at a bar. What would they be wearing? What would they be drinking? And we didn't like that answer. When when you get back an answer, we see you guys as a guy. Okay, so there's a gender dynamic there. Standing at the bar drinking a scotch with a comb over, Hmm. which is literally... You know, feedback we got, we said, okay, we have some work to do. Look, no offense to Scott's drinking men with comb-overs, but it makes sense why Kevin was brought in to turn this brand around. But change wasn't just required externally. Internally at UPS, things were in need of a shakeup too. So much of a company's brand is built on how it markets and how it presents itself to consumers. UPS was putting itself out there in a certain way, but no one was bothering to dig into what that actually meant 
or how its messaging was correlating to the company's overall success. When I first got here, one of the things I, I noticed was kind of engineering culture. UPS was swimming in data. There were more reports with the smallest little fonts I could barely read. There was more <laughs> data, <laughs> left, right, sideways, whatever. However, we weren't quite as in tuned in being able to distill the data and make this march from data to information, information to knowledge, knowledge to insights, and then insights that give you a predictive element so then you can make better decisions. We were stuck just at the data level. And then also, everybody was looking at data just in their own silos. With so much data being ignored or misinterpreted, UPS was simply running in circles. It was stuck doing the same things over and over again because the numbers they looked at, the daily revenue numbers, said things were still good. But remember Xerox? Things are only good until they're not. And if you're not looking forward, you'll be stuck in the past forever. Kevin Warren knew that. In your role as chief marketing officer at UPS, how much time are you spending thinking about where the world's going to be in five years, right? How do you evaluate and consider, okay, look, by 2025, by 2030, how are we going to position ourselves to keep winning, keep growing, keep being that go-to brand? I think every executive should be looking at this issue with what I'll call bifocal lenses. You have to be able to see clearly the short term because we are a public company, so we got to deliver the quarter. So if I'm all on 2030 and I miss the second quarter, that's going to be a problem. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be reading about what UPS is doing. Uh, however, if I just focus on the second quarter, then I won't make the sort of investments to position us for the long term. So it really is a balance. And, then, and I tell you what adds additional complexity is what you think will happen in 2030 could happen in 2023, 2024. This is what happened to us last year, right? So we knew e-commerce, more and more businesses were going to pivot towards e-commerce. So that's when we started our digital access program and our collaboration with Shopify and stamps.com. We have one with Amazon. And we had growth projections as to what it would do. And so we started that. And we invested the talent to really position us. And then COVID hit. And with COVID, it had a step function increase in the adoption rate of e-commerce that we saw in 2021, what we had projected we would see in 2024. So thank goodness we had gotten started. And then as we saw the embrace, then we ramped with it. So look, you got a plan, but you also have to be agile because you won't get it right. It's too dynamic. You've got different competitors will come in and out. You've got the consumer behavior that will change. Technology will change. So you do some planning, but you also have to be nimble enough to be able to pivot on a dime when things go at an accelerated rate or you end up getting a curveball. Those curveballs, they never stop coming. And if UPS was going to keep finding a way to hit them out of the park, it was time to adjust its swing. After the break, we'll dig into the way UPS has shifted its focus in recent years and what doing so has meant to this 100-plus-year-old brand's image. Stay with us.
When I need help, I want someone who understands where I am now and where I'm coming from, but with a broader perspective. The folks at Highland are like that. Highland is a true partner to more than half of Fortune 100 companies, a partner that understands your industry and offers expertly tailored solutions that evolve with you. With Highland, you gain a complete view of information across your organization, along with the agility to compete at the top of your game and deliver better customer experiences. Highland is your X factor for better performance. Go to highland.com forward slash insights to learn more. That's H-Y-L-A-N-D.com slash insights. As Kevin adjusted to his role at UPS, he was simultaneously trying to bring the company along with him in this new direction. What UPS had was trust and brand recognition. What it was lacking was any kind of focus on bringing in new customers. That's where Kevin wanted to start because the data was showing him one collection of potential customers that could be the golden ticket to a very prosperous future. When you're really trying to get your your products to market, it's not about how you sell. It's really about how the customer buys. So you have to be open to meeting your customers where they are. And UPS traditionally, like a lot of companies, uh, grew up as only a direct sales force, focusing mainly on large customers and did a terrific job there on that, share leader and all that stuff. But when we realized that SMBs where we were losing share and it's the most profitable segment in the market by multiple, they bought differently and they were buying more and more on platforms and marketplaces and digitally. And so we had to build up a capability to meet those customers where they are, how they wanted to buy. And that's been, we call it our digital access program. And it's been one of our most successful enterprises that we've launched and it's growing like crazy all in the SMB segment, and it's driving a lot of our performance. UPS leaned into the e-commerce world and hard. They started to build out marketing and back-end systems that would attract small businesses, which according to the Small Business Administration, create two-thirds of net new jobs in the U.S. and account for nearly 44% of the nation's GDP. That's data you can't argue with. And it was a motivating force behind the change to how UPS looks at data in general. We changed the operating model. So now we're not just looking at last week's revenue, which we do. Myself and the chief sales officer, we review the numbers every Monday at 8 o'clock and then review it with the CEO at 11. But even more importantly, we're predicting what's going to happen in May, June, the rest of the year, 2022, 2023, which we're sharing with our board next week. And then we'll be sharing in our investor conference in June. And, and then that way, then we can make the investments as to, okay, what sort of growth do we need to plan for? How many more buildings? How many more aircrafts? How many more package cars? How many more people? What's our pricing strategy going to be? All of that is really a pivot from looking through the rearview mirror to really using analytics to, to help you make better decisions going forward. That's where we've pivoted towards. This forward-looking strategy has paid off big time for UPS. Thanks to the move to focus more on e-commerce, as well as the decision to market to SMBs, UPS has seen quite a bump in its revenue numbers. Obviously, 
COVID's effect on how businesses ship has to be taken into account. But even with that as a backdrop, the revenue numbers UPS released for Q4 of 2020 show an increase in revenue of 17.4%, which UPS says was led by growth from the small and medium-sized businesses. In hindsight, pivoting to e-commerce and focusing on SMBs might not seem like a huge risk. From today's perspective, it's the obvious move. But the key here is that it was a move that UPS didn't really need to take. They predicted the need to refocus efforts before their bottom line reflected that need. So in terms of business success, the changes Kevin helped bring to bear were paying off. But what about the brand's image? How did UPS address those old, stodgy descriptors, and how are people looking at UPS these days? We came up with this amazing campaign called Be Unstoppable. The whole concept of the campaign is that UPS is going to allow small and medium-sized businesses through our, our capabilities and, and through our knowledge to be unstoppable in their quest to compete against the large guys and allow them to be able to punch above their weight. But then the face of the campaign had to, had to be different. So it had to look different. Uh, it had to, to sound different. We had diverse faces, women, ethnicity, beards, more dynamic haircuts, high powered, high energy, high color imagery and graphics that we sent out. One of the cool things we did on Black History Month was we hired an artist, Sophia Yeshi, who is Black, South Asian, queer, just a brilliant artist. We commissioned some artwork to really be the face of this. We called it Proudly Unstoppable, so it was a, a follow-up to the Be Unstoppable for Black History Month. And she came with this amazing artwork that, actually, I'm going to do, do a show and tell. So this was, I don't know if you can see that. All right, so you see diverse people holding hands, walking up. And this is on a UPS package, and we did the same thing on our envelopes. We had never done that before. So we used the real estate that we had. We sent out 600,000 of these and another couple hundred thousand envelopes with this imagery to really literally change the face of UPS to, to really have people kind of reset their mental model as to who we were. We rolled out our purpose statement in the fall of last year in which we said, okay, we only want just a few words so everybody can remember them. We want words that when you hear it, it identifies UPS. So you can say, okay, you, that's UPS. It's not something that is not relatable. But also we wanted a little bit of aspiration in it as well. So the marketing team led the effort and worked with our communications team and, you know, and then the rest of the ELT. And we landed on moving our world forward by delivering what matters. Moving our world forward by delivering what matters. And the forward piece was tied to this whole momentum thing I talked about. It's important for us from a branding standpoint, we're, we're moving forward. It's our world, not the world. And then delivering, obviously, we deliver. But then what matters, this was more nuanced, right? So you can feel it. We didn't say what, ma what matters to you. So it can be anything from some packages that are critical to you. It can mean delivering in the community. It can mean delivering sustainability initiatives. Our employees love it. It's a rallying cry. We also were able to put up our best yearly performance in a very long time as we navigated through all of those things. 
according to Fortune, UPS is now ranked at number 28 on the list of the world's most admired brands. Up from the number 33 spot, UPS ain't slowing down. They're also ranked at number 129 on the Global 500, making it one of the companies with the highest revenues in the world. And throughout the pandemic, UPS employees were frequently praised for their efforts as essential workers during a time of great need. We were on a cover of a national magazine where they did a, a reenactment of the Battle of Iwo Jima, where you're holding down the, the flag there. And it was called the Battle of COVID-19. And they had a doctor and a nurse and a grocery worker. And then they had a UPS driver fighting this battle, saving us in this battle of COVID. I mean, fantastic. Secondly, there was a social campaign we put together on a string within a week called Thanks for Delivering, hashtag Thanks for Delivering, in which our customers, our recipients would post different examples of our UPS drivers delivering their packages and give them a shout out, hashtag Thanks for Delivering. And it it was record setting. It was literally award winning. And just people were thankful because they really understood you know, the risk involved, the sacrifices involved. UPS doesn't want to be seen as essential only during times of crisis, though. And that's why the commitment to change and the forward-looking data-driven approach is here to stay. Kevin says that UPS will continue to embrace the changing needs of its customers and invest in understanding that data so that the company is always meeting the outside world exactly where they are. But the internal need for change is also something that UPS has leaned into because change always has to happen from the inside out. A lot of the initiatives that are driving the company's performance, marketing is working across the board. And we're excited. We think there's a lot more to go. Environmentally, culturally, we've relaxed some of the, the rigid rules that we've had before. So, for instance... I'm looking at you, you're looking at me. We both have beards. Up until December, that was against policy at UPS or, or natural hair for African-Americans. And we even relaxed some of the, uh, the tattoo policies there as well. So bring in your whole self to work from an employee standpoint. Folks are engaged uh, as well. So we're excited. And the more we drive change from a marketing standpoint, the more support we're going to get. And we're just psyched to be here and Looking forward to some really cool things as far as updating the mental model and the paradigm of what the UPS brand is all about. An adage comes to mind. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. In the case of business, oftentimes once a model breaks, it's already too late for it to be fixed. Rather than stick with what's been working and inevitably end up the way of Xerox, Blockbuster, Toys R Us, and so many others, UPS predicted the need to pivot and embrace change before their business started crumbling around them. Companies that last 100 years and stand to last 100 more don't just survive because they have a foolproof business model from day one. They thrive by fixing what isn't yet broken. They see the future and reinvent themselves before it hits. Whether it's committing to serving every address investing in new technologies, or revamping their entire brand image, UPS is keeping an ear to the ground for the data and trends that will future-proof its business. It's this X factor that has helped bring the company to new heights. And thanks to a data-first approach, 
making changes in the future will have a compounding effect and continue pushing this company away from its old and stodgy past. Business X Factors is brought to you by our friends at Highland. For over a decade, Highland has been named a leader in the Gartner Magic Quadrant for content services platforms, leading the way to help people get the information they need when and where they need it. More than half of 2020 Fortune 100 companies rely on Highland to help them create more meaningful connections with the people they serve. When your focus is on the people you serve, Highland stands behind you. Highland is your X factor for better performance. Go to highland.com forward slash insights to learn more. That's H-Y-L-A-N-D.com slash insights. You've been listening to Business X Factors brought to you by Highland. If you like this show, make sure you subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast app. We'd also be so grateful if you rated and reviewed us on Apple Podcasts. This helps ensure that more amazing listeners like you find us. Thanks for listening. I'm Jeremy Bergeron, and I'll catch you next time on Business X Factors.